Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. We're going to make some trades next on Fantasy Football Today in 5. Welcome to FFT in 5. I'm Chris Towers here with Dave Richard, author and creator of the vaunted fantasy football trade values chart, live now on cbssports.com slash fantasy to make sure you make all the right trades. And we are here to identify some buy low and sell high candidates for fantasy football to, to grease the rails, get you started on your trade offers. And uh, Dave, why don't you get us started with a, let's start with a sell high candidate from you. I just got done talking with former NFL offensive lineman Ushe Waneri about the Chiefs offensive line, and he loves them. He thinks they're doing a great job. And you know who else loves them? Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And you know who else loves them? Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's fantasy managers, because Edwards-Hilaire has some hyper-efficient numbers. They are out of the range that we're used to seeing for him. And he's doing it on like 12 touches per game. And remember in week one, he caught two touchdowns. That's rare for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had over 100 total yards in week two. I know it sounds weird. Oh, he caught two touchdowns, and then he had over 100 yards. You should trade him. Well, the idea isn't just to trade him to get him off your team. The idea is to trade him and get something really good in return. Let's say you're weak at tight end. You should be able to get Darren Waller for him straight up, or you might be able to pair whoever your current tight end is with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and at least get the conversation going on a Mark Andrews or a Travis Kelsey. Your tight end would have to be pretty good in order to make that kind of move. Those guys have high values. But I think that there is room for Edwards Elaire to not be this efficient, and he could make you a little disappointed at some point when he doesn't catch a touchdown or get 100 total yards because he's not getting the work that you'd like your lead fantasy running backs to get. So the line might be good, but the workload needs to improve, and I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, he's still run fewer routes than Jarek McKinnon this season. McKinnon got the uh, end zone or the goal line touchdown last week. I think that's... Yep at least a two-man committee, and it's possible that Isaiah Pacheco does have a role moving forward. He didn't play much in week two, but yeah, I, I think I, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is an obvious sell-high candidate. I mean, remember, he had over 100, 100 yards in that game. 52 of them came on that weird run One at run. the end where he sure. was barely trying to gain yards. He was more focused on making sure he didn't fumble in the Chargers defense. Right, right, right. He was carrying Kind of lost like him. This. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that's a an obvious sell-high candidate. And, I'll go with one that's a little more controversial, but it's James Robinson, who, look, it's one of the best stories in NF- in the NFL so far this season. He might just win comeback player of the year for what he's done so far in coming back from that Achilles tear. But, you know, he's got three touchdowns in two games. He did look okay on that 37-yard touchdown. It's weird to call a 37-yard touchdown, say, say someone looked slow, but... I thought he yeah, didn't he, quite yeah. have the breakaway speed once he got to the second level. He benefited from some bad defense on that one. And he had 27 yards on his 22 carries outside of that 37-yard run. I do think James Robinson is clearly the lead back for the Jaguars right now. He's the best option for them moving forward. But it's entirely possible that Travis Etienne starts to figure it out, starts to find some juice. And you know, if James Robinson isn't rushing efficiently moving forward, 
it wouldn't surprise me to see Travis Etienne start to eat in that role and at least make it 50-50. So I do think James Robinson, as good of a story as it is, is a sell-high candidate right now. Do you think you could take maybe your top bench receiver with James Robinson and turn him into Derrick Henry or Najee Harris, or is that going a little too far? I think it's worth considering. Yeah. I mean, even if it was like your wide receiver three, even if it was someone like, say, Terry McLaurin, who's been okay so far, but I think it's like a a wide receiver three um, and James Robinson, you know, I would offer that to the Derrick Henry manager and see if you could get him. I think that'd be a good one. Yeah. I I, uh, I think they're pretty close in value just to begin with mm -hmm. because Henry's been so bad, but I mean, there's so much upside for Henry to go back to being a top five fantasy running back. I think we'll see it there. Um, Can I give you some buy lows? Absolutely. Three at the same position, Chris. Let's do Tom it. Brady, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr. Brady's got an ugly receiving core right now. Mm-hmm. Two, three weeks from now, he might be at full strength with his guys. So I, I think that the majority of the rest of the season, Brady can put up some huge numbers. I didn't talk with Uche about the Bucks offensive line, but I think they get it figured out well enough so that Brady has time to throw and make great decisions. I don't know if I'm seeing inaccuracy from him. I don't know if I'm seeing anything where he's falling off. But if I've got Dak, if I've got Trey Lance, I don't have Trey Lance anymore. Uh, I might be streaming quarterbacks for a while, and I might even stream this week. But Tom Brady's a quarterback that I'm going to try and buy low on if I can. Same thing with Kirk Cousins coming off of a horrible game in primetime against Philly. Same thing for Derek Carr, who got off to a decent start against Las Vegas. I would imagine that he'll have some really good games as the Raiders uh, continue to put it together offensively. And just remember, Brady did struggle in week two. He's struggled historically against the Saints since getting to Tampa Bay. It's been like the one team that's been able to figure him out. He's been pretty good against everyone else. So I don't think that's indicative of what we should expect from him. And I'll I'll quickly drop my buy low candidate, and it's Kyle Pitts. I, I think it's one of the more obvious ones. It's worth remembering. Look, you don't get points for guys being super young. But I just want to point out that Kyle Pitts doesn't turn 22 until like the first week of October. He's younger than I think all but two of the first round wide receivers from this year's rookie class. So like the the things that he's done in his career at his age for a tight end are just completely unprecedented. I'm not giving up on him because he had two bad games. I still think he's an amazing player. And if anything, in the long run, Drake London looking so good is only going to help Kyle Pitts because that's going to be a very concentrated passing offense. And I think he's going to be just fine. So if anyone's panicking about Kyle Pitts, I'm looking to buy. That might be too obvious and it might be impossible to do. If you have Kyle Pitts, don't trade him. But if somebody in your league is looking to get rid of him, I'm absolutely trying to buy. I still think he's a a top 36 fantasy player moving forward. That's going to do it for FFT and five. We'll be back tomorrow starting to preview week three with some of those start sick calls. We'll see you then. 